Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Second Chance Cinema called Be Kind, Rewind. We will be re-releasing old episodes remixed by moi, Spro, with clips from the films we are talking about. If you haven't yet, subscribe to our social media pages run by the incredible talents of MC. Instagram is 2ND Chance Cinema. That's Second Chance Cinema with a 2 instead of the word. Twitter is at MC and Spro. Go check them out for more content and screenshots of the movies we are doing. As always, we appreciate you, listener, and we hope you're having a good day. If not, sit back and let our past selves try and make it better. Enjoy the old show. Welcome back to another episode of Second Chance Cinema. I am MC. My name is Bro. Today, we're here to talk about what can only be described as a truly divisive film. It is. Surprisingly so. Either you love it or you're obsessed with it, is what I mean. <laughs> and of course, that's not true. Either you, you love it or you just abhor it and think it's just garbage. And there are a lot of reasons that you might think it's garbage, and we'll get into those, but... First, as per our tradition on the show, we're going to play the trailer, and while this happens, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to indulge in the ancient art of Japanese syllable poetry and write a haiku that describes this movie pretty much perfectly. So let's go ahead and let's play the trailer. Activate the remote. In the race for the world's most advanced communications technology, a shocking discovery has been made. What was that? Lock your remote. Give me a thermal reading result to 6-6. It will take two young scientists into the heart of the African jungle. Where a secret hidden for 2,000 years holds the key to the future. This is Karen Ross. 81452 Houston, do you read? You used to work for the CIA, and now you're travel cool. Some will come to it for science. This is a big deal, Charles. This is a big find. Some for fortune. A diamond mine of incredible bounty. And some to return home. She doesn't really belong anywhere, does she? No, she belongs here. 
Together, they will search. My boss, he thought I wasn't going to make it. He sent another expedition. Drawn deep into a mystery. Camp destroyed. People dead. A gray gorilla. No such thing as a gray well, gorilla. I saw one. And the more they discover... The same hieroglyphics over and over. The greater the danger. What do they say? We are watching you. Saw an animal move like that. Shoot it! Shoot it! How intelligent are they? See, they're smart. They're too damn smart. Watch out! Go! We're getting out of here. What about them? Put them on the endangered species list. From the best-selling novel by the author of Jurassic Park. The myth of the killer ape is true. Congo, where you are the endangered species. Okay, so here's the haiku. She good gorilla. Now, Tim Curry, stop eating my sesame cake. That's, I like it. Pretty much the best haiku that's been written on this show so far. And, and two- I think like you point out two of the best parts of the movie. You've got Delroy Lindo and the fact that anybody that likes the book of this film likes the way that Amy speaks in the film because it's exactly how Michael Crichton Well that's her. that's what I was going to get that's what I was gonna get at first is the fact that the reason people dislike this movie so much is because I'm not sure if you know this, but Michael Crichton also wrote Jurassic Park. Right. And well, that that movie was pretty awesome. And so for this to come out in 1995, which was only two years after Jurassic Park, everybody was expecting some wondrous, crazy good adaptation of a book. And that's not entirely what we got. Well, and I think like what happened was Jurassic Park was so successful that everybody, like all his books, the rights were bought up. And if you look at the plethora, plethora, of, plethora. His, um, of his books, he writes about a new topic every single time. None of them are going to be like Jurassic Park. They're highly researched. It's like ER, which was also his TV show, is nothing like Jurassic was Park. Was it really? Yeah. I didn't like, know that. Yeah, because he was a doctor before he was an author. He was? Yeah. I didn't know that either. <laughs> he wrote Jurassic, or he put up ER, and nobody went to Jurassic Park thinking it was going to be about doctors. But Jurassic Park blew up, tickled every kid's dinosaur bone. Right. And then... Oh, nice. Good one. Good one. Then they bought up Congo and Sphere, and the Andromeda strain was also his. None of these. What did that turn into? Was that the hot? What was that movie called? Outbreak. I think Outbreak was based on its own book. Right. But in the same instance, it held we a should lot do Outbreak on the show. That was, we should. I didn't. I didn't Dustin mind Hoffman. Outbreak. I didn't mind Outbreak. A little Patrick Dempsey getting spit on by a monkey. Yeah, a little Marcella. Yeah, Marcellus. that same monkey that's been working in Hollywood for like twenty-five years. Oh my gosh, that monkey is rich. Release his. Do you know what that monkey's name is? Crystal. I know that. How do you know that? So is I, that a girl monkey? It's a girl monkey. Yeah, I'm assuming it's the same monkey as that was in The Hangover, and that's the only reason I remember it. How long is that monkey going to be alive? Uh, monkeys live, man. I mean, Outbreak was like 1995. Monkeys live. They're, you know, especially if you take good care of a Hollywood monkey, that monkey's probably all all pampered and wow. stuff. I guess 1995, right. Which was the same year as Congo. Point is, Michael Crichton was coming off, and not just Michael Crichton, but let's not forget, too, that we had Steven Spielberg directing Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And no disrespect, but we've got Frank Marshall directing Congo. 
Frank Marshall, who is famous for the BFG, uh, Arachnophobia, which is good. Okay. Alive, which is about eating people's butts. Yeah. Eight Below, which I will never watch again. Eight Below. Oh, yeah. We talked about that last time. <laughs> he was a production executive on 98 episodes of Tiny Toons. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> He's got quite the career going. Well, anyway, the point is, Frank Marshall's not Steven Spielberg. Absolutely not. And like I said, no disrespect to him, but Steven Spielberg put together Jurassic Park, and it was pretty much a perfect movie. There are a few nitpicks here and there, but it was pretty much a perfect movie. And from there, we were birthed Congo. The IMDb summary of Congo says, when an expedition to the African Congo ends in disaster, a new team is assembled to find out what went wrong. Do you think that's pretty accurate? Yeah. Here's the thing when it comes to Congo. I mean, it's in the title. It's Congo. You come away from the book of Congo, which was written similar story to the movie, but like every other chapter is almost like a textbook of real facts about congo see you remember the book i don't remember the book it was great i mean i love my the, the only I thing i remember grade. about the book is the part where they got the monkey throws an eyeball at, at the <laughs> at the guy sitting on the ground you I don't, don't remember, remember like it was like textbook like it was not anything with the story it was like the republic of congo da, 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 da. oh really yeah it was um, it like uh, in jurassic park where he had the fractals and stuff yeah in between each I mean, page he just got super smart in it and i was a sixth grader trying to get through it so yeah I was like where's the head smashing monkeys well lucky for you the movie appealed probably more to sixth graders than i think that's exactly i mean it's a pg-13 movie Mm -hmm. did you see it in the theater i don't think so Uh, see i didn't either i don't think i saw it till years later when it when it was on like hbo or something i know i i mean i would play the vhs in the mornings when i got ready for school oh nice yeah like i was i was super. so that's what psyched you up for your day was like amy and then i would just walk around talk about like talking like ernie hudson the whole day oh the great white hunter let's talk (laughs) about ernie hudson most of you might know ernie hudson from one of two things you might know him as winston from ghostbusters or winston from ghostbusters 2 okay that's probably what you're gonna know him as he was great in the crow as the police officer slash yes. detective. Okay. Chances are you know him as Winston. In this in this movie, he plays Monroe, the great white hunter, who in a twist of dramatic... Diversity. Um, diversity, and uh, it's not really... No, it, it kind of is irony, right? Because you think it's going to be one thing, and then it turns out to be another one. Right. He happens to be black. Well, that's what he points out. And he points that out. Who just happens to be black. The great white hunter who just happens to be black. Monroe Kelly, I'm your great white hunter for this trip, though I happen to be black. Whenever the leadership of one of these little central African countries comes into question, they tend to just murder everybody. Oh my God. Not really. They live for the opportunity to settle scores, and they've got a lot of scores to settle. Leading up to this episode, what I decided to do, because our main mission is to point out how these movies are not as bad as people think they are. Right. I was like, why does Congo get such a bad rap? So right. I went into my Podcast Addict app, and I looked up Congo, and then every podcast that was bashing Congo, right. I was like, let me just get a little taste of you know what they're saying. And what did they have to say? One podcast in particular was hating on the accents, right? Okay. But and it, there was like six hosts in this podcast, and every one of them was like, "Well, that person was fine, but this person was horrible." Who else had an accent besides? They said Ernie Hudson. Oh, he's a Romanian, and he has done a lot of good, but mostly for Mr. Hamoka. Shut up, you filthy, filthy wallet. Tim Curry. Herkema Homolka. 
formerly of Romania, free now of the chains of Ceausescu, traveling the world, doing good. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, right. Like they went you're through right. like the gambit, but then like one one host. Did you say gambit? Yeah. Or gamut. Gambit. You said gamut. I'm pretty sure, like every episode, I'm going to mispronounce words. No, that's okay. Gambit <laughs> is. I was just thinking like, ha, mon petit chéri, I throw cards at you. I like it better. Gamut is like I, I'm not sure the exact definition, but it's like a an assortment or like a lineup of things. I think. Really? Yeah. All right. So they went through the gamut. Right. Thank you. Um, so they went through the gamut of everybody in the movie. And then one host would say, well, Delroy Lindo's accent was fine, but Tim Curry needed help. And then somebody was like, I didn't mind Tim Curry's accent, but really Ernie Hudson was bothering me. And at the end, they were like, well, nobody's accent was good. I was like, well, that's not how math works. Man, one is plus that... One plus one does not equal zero. Is that as boring as our podcast is? <laughs> no. I hope not. Because they also talked really slowly. I find it so hard to believe that anyone was trying to do, and I don't want to crush on the acting or anything, but that anyone was trying to win an Academy Award with their accents right. in this movie. I feel like, especially Tim Curry, <laughs> was more so like, yeah, let's just fucking do this. And I feel like... I feel like he had a few shots of brandy before he came on set every day. And... I'll be honest, there was a day probably a week ago that I just celebrated Tim Curry because I think people wait for the bad oh, thing Tim to Curry, happen. Oh, Tim Curry Day? Yeah, Tim yeah, Curry Day. Nice. You know, like where you pop on Clue and the original It and Rocky Horror Picture Show and Congo and you just, you revel. You have so much spare time. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> That's what a writer kind of just sits around and <laughs> I guess so, but stews in his own misery. His but own, uh, His own imagination yeah, filth. You just put him on in the background and then when Tim Curry speaks you you look at the screen Fair and enough. i think like people wait for we all know we wish nothing but the best for his health is he dead no he had a stroke like he is he's suffering oh when did he have a stroke a couple years ago i suppose you wouldn't wish the best for someone's health if they were dead or like that pretty much perfect health <laughs> I wish no the- i mean you'd wish for continued prosperity yeah, I guess. But if but, someone was dead, there's really no point in wishing good good health. Right. Rest in peace. Or Seems rest. like a wasted wish. <laughs> True. But I mean, like people then celebrate like David Bowie and Prince when they didn't think about him for two years. Like Tim Oh, Curry's don't get alive. me started on that shit, man. Yeah. When a celebrity dies. Oh, and everybody comes oh, out of the woodwork. Don't get me started on that shit. It's like, oh, I listened to David Bowie's CD once three years ago and I'm, now I'm touched. <laughs> Shut up. So that's what I'm saying with Tim Curry. You could celebrate him now because he's awesome. And his roles are awesome, and he he brings something new to every single one of them. So this one stands out for me, and it's in Congo, which everybody loves to bash. Well, so Tim Curry, we talked about Ernie Hudson, Delroy Lindo, who is... I'm not going to say he's one of my favorite actors because that's so not true. But he, like every time he's he's in a movie, I find him amusing and entertaining. Uh, Cider House Rules is one of my favorites just because of him. The one with Jet Li. Okay. <laughs> and that's probably another movie that's going to come up on here at some point. For the longest time for me, though, he was that guy from Congo. Yeah. Have some uh, coffee and cake. Have some. You have our visas. You have our manifest. This is a legitimate scientific mission. You have no right to detain us. Liar, liar, your pants on fire. So says my computer, Miss Ross. You used to work for the CIA, and now you're Travicom. Travicom pays better than the CIA. You have a big mouth. Everybody says that about me. What can I do? 
Monroe, you have the worst timing in the world. Tell me about it. They blew up the president's Mercedes-Benz. Did you know that? This is a big plot. My country will be in shit for at least a year. Captain, I need that truck. You need the truck? You also need 10 good men to the border. More. Mr. Homoka. Stop eating my sesame cake. Stop eating my sesame cake! Don't want nobody peeking. Well, and that's the other thing is that uh, I love how he staples the bag shut too. Like, do you remember that when they they pass him the bribe? Yeah. And he puts it in this uh, grocery bag. Yeah, this, like a like, big brown, brown paper, paper yeah. bag that he just has sitting there, <laughs> and then he he crumples it up and he staples it like five times. And he's uncredited in this movie. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's why. I mean, that's probably why I did not know his name for the longest time and he was just the man from congo oh well that makes perfect sense um, uh, he was in uh, gone in 60 seconds which i watched last night which i thought like he plays the same thing except in congo but he plays the same basic like cop slash detective slash you know law enforcement guy pretty much in i would say 75 percent of his movies right but he's good at it he's in all the movies that i think do not get a good rap like broken arrow oh yeah people he was in like, broken arrow yeah. too people love to hate on broken arrow ransom which is one of my favorites. oh yeah he was Mel in Gibson's. ransom too man he's uh, in everything and then a life less ordinary which i understand why people don't like that that one i don't know but man that guy ewan mcgregor and cameron diaz that guy gets work he does Romeo Must Die, he was in. I bet he was a cop in that. (laughs) In Domino. The man's voice is butter. Yeah. And so he always plays a character that knows what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, I remember the first time I saw Ransom, I thought there was going to be a twist where he was the bad guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's like, I think you should just pay him. I think you should just pay him. And I, I thought to myself, oh, he's in it with Gary Sinise and Donnie Wahlberg. Spoiler and, uh, <laughs> Well, no, because they reveal that pretty early in the movie, right? He comes back to like the flop house and he's like, what, do you, what are you guys doing? I don't know. I want to revisit it. Did though. you see? Did you hear my Gary Sinise impression? No. It do was, it again. He comes back to the flop house and he's like, hey, what are you guys doing in here with you messing things up? What the hell were you going to do with the videos? Huh? The kid's got tape on his eyes, for Christ's sake. You know. (laughs) That was pretty good. The other thing that bothers me about people that love to bash the movie is they start with, Stop eating my sesame cake. That's the best part of the movie. Don't joyously quote a movie that you're about to bash. Like, obviously, the the movie resonated something with you if you can... I will ask you to wait outside, you (laughs) piece of shit. (laughs) That's, That's what I would say to them. Oh, my gosh. I love this. I think the movie is beautiful. And I think now that I just saw that Delroy Lindo is uncredited, there's another big star in this that is uncredited as well. Wait, let me see if I can guess. Yep. Another big star who's uncredited. He's got a nickname, kind of like John Leguizamo's Johnny Legs, but this guy. I did not know that. And also, thanks for reminding me that John Leguizamo's a person. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot about him. I'm Um, sure he'll appear on this show sometime. This person has a nickname and is uncredited in Congo. I don't know. Joey Pants. Joe Pantoliano. Oh, yeah, at the airport. Yep. That's right. He's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Monroe, these are my people. I feel the money hairs on my back going woo woo woo. Yeah, you know my uh, my Gary Sinise sounds remarkably like my Joe Pantoliano. 
And I like how we pretty much talked about everybody in this movie, but the two stars. <laughs> well, let's talk about the two stars then. Dylan Walsh and Laura Linney. Is he a sci- he's a scientist, right? Yeah. And she's like tele- both doctors because they have the joke at the airport where it's doctor, doctor, doctor. Oh <laughs> doctor. yeah, she's like a telecommunications expert or something like that. Yeah, a doctor of <laughs> telecommunications. A doctor of telephones. <laughs> she, she's a doctor of telephones. Now, were they like household names before this at all? Were they in anything before this at all? I, Not that they're household names now, right? Well, I think Laura Linney blew up, and Dylan Walsh became the guy from Nip Tuck. Yeah, but if he became the guy from Nip Tuck, or the stepfather. <laughs> It, oh, I did not hate that movie. No, and I think he was cast perfectly because he looks like such a gentle soul who strangles people. But back real quick, if he became known as the guy from Nip Tuck, can you really say that he blew up? Because no. you didn't know his name. Right. You knew that he was the guy from Nip Tuck. Oh, he was in The Lake House, too. I don't know what that is. With uh, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock? Keanu Reeves was in Speed, and that's what I know. Or Matrix? Yeah, uh, The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Bill and the, Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, that's that's what I know too. Point break. I know that. Oh, and John Wick, which <laughs> John Wick I walked out of. Right, we we, we went over we that. We talk about that. Yeah. yeah, okay. But the point of John Wick, and I don't know if we said that, is he gets revenge for the killing. No, I know, I know, I know. Right. Eventually, I watched the rest of it, and it was pretty sweet. I just was not in a good place. No, that's maybe that can be a recurring theme on each episode. <laughs> is how we talk about how I walked out of John Wick because I was sad. Yes. Do we really need to discuss the plot of Congo? I mean, basically what it is, is we sort of read the IMDb thing and it says this expedition that goes into the Congo and disappears. Another star that comes out of nowhere is for four minutes, Bruce Campbell. Oh yeah, Bruce Campbell. He's the guy at the beginning (laughs) who comes out of, or they, they go into the Congo and none of them come back. And so they send a second expedition in and that's where all these... Dylan Walsh and Laura Linney and Ernie Hudson are all part of. They go in and they find that that what they're looking for is this giant diamond, which is supposed to power a giant laser, which is supposed to shoot at a giant satellite, which is supposed to make a bunch of telephones work, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Pretty much. Well, they destroy the satellite, right? She does. Yeah. But she's not supposed to. Yeah. Originally, they wanted the diamond to, like, she does that to get back at the boss, who the boss's son was part of the first expedition. Right. And she was in love with the boss's son, or they were married or something. Right. And so there's a part where she says, if if I find out that you sent me in here to find out anything other than what happened to Billy or whatever his name was, <laughs> I'll make you regret it. And it turns out he's the the boss is like a big money grubbing tycoon, and of course he just wants the diamond, and then she lets him have it by blowing up his satellite, which is pretty badass, right? All things considered, which was one of the podcast's main main like things that they hated about the movie was they're like, well, and she just destroyed billion dollar satellite, and it was like, come on, man, why is that bad? I don't. Why does anybody care so much about that particular moment in the film? Here's the thing: when it comes to Congo, for me, the whole movie. Movie, there's that little bit of action at the very beginning when it concerns Bruce Campbell and his team going down. Right. And then the whole movie is pretty much the traveling through Africa to get to Congo. And so it's more of an exploration of where Africa is as a continent with going between country lines because they land in Delroy Lindo and they have to bribe this colonel so they can go over into this country. And then they still get shot at. Right. And then they have to pretty much hijack a plane to 
go over rocket launched areas. That's right. Yeah, they get a rocket and they have to parachute out with the monkey, which yeah. is pretty awesome. I mean, it's the ape, excuse me. <laughs> it's pretty much exploring the fact that Africa is a continent in chaos and nobody talks to each other, nobody gets along. So there's actual geopolitical climate in this movie. That's the movie. You know, like people that go, "Oh man, I came for the killer gorillas." Like that's not that's not what we're talking about here. Let's talk about two more things. Let's talk about Amy the good gorilla and then let's talk about the killer gorillas. I learned sign language from this film. Did you? Yeah, pretty. <laughs> What's pre- how do you do pretty? Pretty is you oh, kind of yeah, like wave like your hand sw- you swipe like, in front of your face. Almost like John Cena. <laughs> Uh, pretty okay the effects with amy the gorilla weren't the best i think we can agree on that good for the time well were they though because jurassic park was two years before that and those were pretty insane now that we live in a world of andy circus doing uh caesar from planet of the apes right it's none of that but i would also- love to see congo remade with andy planet circus? of the apes yeah. technology i mean that would be amazing that would be insane and it's been 22 years so it's about time <laughs> i think i think some executives really need to yeah, they really need to get on that. It was a good suit. The eyes blinked. It's not bad CGI. At least they used real animatronics for it. The yeah. gray gorillas the look more gorillas. like Harry and the Hendersons. See, I didn't mind that because they were supposed to be mutants anyway. Mm. Like they were supposed to be these like had never seen civilization gorillas who were just kept in like the, the they like lived in this volcano or whatever. Right. So I didn't mind that they looked weird. Well, and they made them ugly so you didn't care if they died or not. It was awesome when she takes the laser and just mows them down like she's Moon fucking Ranger. cutting the yeah. lawn. Yeah. <laughs> But what was a little bit disheartening was when at, at the end when they show Amy the animatronic gorilla next to the actual real gorillas, mm-hmm. which I think were real real gorillas. Uh, yeah. And so it was like, oh, you know, you're putting like your kids drawing on the refrigerator next to like a photorealist painting. It's kind of similar to when you watch a movie based off a real story and they show you the real people at the end and you're like, yes. well, that person looked nothing. Right, <laughs> like, right. Like Sharon Stone played that woman you know type of thing you're talking about alpha dog aren't you (laughs) yeah i thought you were yeah let's look at some imdb actually the imdb reviews that pop up first are both kind of in line with what we're saying memorably memorably quirky and juvenile unique and underappreciated is the first one people need to see this movie here's the thing when it comes to laura linney laura linney appears on my screen and i feel warm she is just one of those actresses like ever run across somebody that does not like laura linney as an actress or as a person i feel like i can't trust that person i don't know of much more that laura linney has been in other than congo if you said laura linney i would say oh the chick from congo love actually i think i turn away when she takes her top off because i'm like nothing against her topless but yeah you want to keep her in in the the highest regard yeah and you're right like i really can't other than those two but in the same instance that's enough for me to be like i like laura linney and when she appears on a red carpet or whatnot i was like why I hope you're nominated. And if does you she are, do? You does she do a lot of red carpet work these days? I, her IMDb profile picture is on the red carpet. One other IMDb review says this movie is Legends of the Hidden Temple with intelligent gorillas and science. That's a pretty pretty solid explanation for some of the events that take place in the movie. Mm-hmm. This uh, review also goes on to compare Jurassic Park and and Congo, which we already did. So suck. And it. I don't think you should. If you compare Congo to Jurassic Park, you're gonna be let down. If you compare Sphere at Congo, you're gonna probably like Congo so much better. Now here, this is a good one. 
This film is special to me. I remember being only six years old when my older brother and his friends rented this one night. I watched it with them, and now that I'm 17 years old, I feel that this was one of my most cherished memories. Can you imagine that, having the movie Congo? That's how I feel about Street Fighter. When we do Street Fighter, we'll get into why it's one of my most cherished movies. Okay. But that's exactly how I feel about Street Fighter. I'm the same way with The Beach. You've told me that. You've told me that. So, can we say anything else about Congo, or should we wrap this up? Other than, I mean, it's got a 5.1 rating on IMDb. Right down the middle. Right down the middle. And I think that's probably the worst reviewed movie we've done yet. We've got our leaderboard, which right now, ranked-wise, goes Boiler Room, then Jurassic Park 3. Uh-huh. Where would you throw Congo in? That's de- I mean, I, it's definitely above Jurassic Park 3. So we're thinking Boiler Room, Congo, then Jurassic Park 3? I think so. Although, Congo's easier to go down than Boiler Room. Like, Boiler Room, I feel like I'm going to sit down, I'm going to focus on it. Congo, like even I did, I, I popped it on today just to vacuum up and get ready for you to come over to my abode uh-huh. as we record this in Twinsburg, Ohio. I'm going to make a bold proclamation and I'm going to say that Congo should be at the top of the list of films that deserve a second chance. Over Boiler Room. I think over, I could recommend it more. Over Jurassic people. Park 3. Yeah. Congo, I think, has more <clears throat> general appeal. Because Boiler Room, like like I stated in the first episode, is just the humor is off color. If you don't have that kind of sentimentality, you're not going to enjoy Boiler Room as much you as like You sort of have to be a little bit of a douchebag to, yeah. to enjoy Boiler Room. You, well, you at least need that sense of humor. Whereas um, with, with Congo, you just have to love... Tim Curry. And apes. And, and Delroy Lindo. Accents. Joey Pants. Bruce Campbell. And lasers. I feel like the cast alone takes if it all you, the way up to a six- if you sold me, tried to sell me the movie based on what I've just said, Apes, Accents, and Lasers, I would watch it. That should be the subtitle of Congo. That yeah. wasn't the tagline, though. The tagline was, where, where you, you are the endangered species. That's pretty good. That kind of mirrors Laura Linney's line right before she starts shooting off the laser. Which I'm instinct. Long miss you, Rain. What the hell are you doing anyway? What am I doing? I'll tell you what I'm doing. We're getting out of here. We are. What about them? Put them on the endangered species list. <laughs> Welcome to the endangered species list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How is this movie not? And that's another thing loved. before we cut off is how strong of a female character is Laura Linney in this? She really is a badass. She reminds me of Ripley. Yeah. Kind of yeah. from Aliens. This is a feminist women's dream role. Is I, that she's strong? She's smart. I don't know that Gloria Steinem would agree with you, but I see your point. Yeah, I don't think Gloria Steinem and I are ever going to sit down and I can't see, see eye to eye. I can't see a remake of this movie with Gloria Steinem as Karen Ross, but whatever. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, Sigourney Weaver could have played it. Mm-hmm. Any strong female, you mm-hmm. know, can play this role. Like we said, she's a doctor in telecommunications. She's the one that picks up the gun at the end and mm-hmm. saves everybody. She's way tougher than Dylan Walsh. She never takes no for an answer. You know, she goes head to head with all the guys in this movie. She's the true evolution in this movie, I think. (laughs) Yes. She's what represents the alpha, so to speak. And actually, Amy is female gorilla too. Maybe there's some subconscious parallel there that we're not seeing. Yeah, and I don't think Dylan Walsh has ever been considered an alpha. (laughs) No, definitely not. I mean, like... No respect, Dylan Walsh, if you happen to be listening to this driving in L.A. somewhere. I think your curly hair is fun. Awesome. 
All right, so with that, we will end, and I think we can both agree that when it comes to Congo, the movie, it wasn't that That bad. bad. All right, we'll see you guys later. Thanks. Congo was produced by the Kennedy Marshall Company. It was distributed by Paramount Pictures. Second Chance Cinema is a fan of the film and urges you to check it out. Ransom was produced by Touchstone Pictures and distributed by Buena Vista Pictures Distribution. Closing credits music is composed by Jerry Goldsmith. Thank you for listening, as always, dear listeners, to this episode of Second Chance Cinema. If you have any comments, questions, corrections, or would like to recommend a movie for a future show, you can reach us at secondchancecinema at gmail.com. That's 2ndchancecinema at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at MCNSpro or check us out on Instagram at 2ndchancecinema. To help our little show out, please tell your friends about us, leave a review wherever you listen, and be sure to subscribe and download each episode you listen to as those simple steps makes us much more visible in the universe, which makes these fine secret cinematic masterpieces more visible. And isn't that really the whole point? Now go on, and have a beautiful day, you wonderful person, you. And if a general of the Democratic Republic of the Congo offers you some sesame cake, enjoy it. Unless you are big, bad, bull shit. <laughs> enjoy your day. <laughs>